everybody welcome back welcome back it's time for another episode of the politics and punk rock podcast i am andrew for america and oh my gosh you guys i don't even know where to begin i don't even know where to begin um my buddy sam winchester just put out a podcast about elitism and it blew my mind that guy has knocked out masterpiece after masterpiece for quite some time now but you know that one was good i i really i strongly urge all of my listeners to go check out according to sam episode 83 i believe it is on elitism and on what is happening in this country, the United States of America, as of February 23rd, 2021. Oof, there's a lot going on, man. There's a lot going on that's very validating to people like me. Um, one of the things I want to talk about is Donald Trump for just a couple seconds here. Uh, I was listening to my buddy Sam's podcast and he plays this clip of these people on the Senate floor. I don't know if it's the House or the Senate floor, but this, before I tell you what I'm about to say, this speaks directly to what I've been telling you about um, how effective propaganda is. And how all of these videos are, you know, you, you know, I say that, you know, the TV is meant for the common people and the people that are in power uh, are running the show. But you know what? It even goes higher than that. Because even the people running the show, even the people in office, representatives, senators, are playing conspiracy videos to to uh, in the committee to the committees to to try to get an emotional appeal and you know it's like if your evidence for what you're trying to convince the committees of uh in this case regarding the impeachment of Donald Trump number 2 the second impeachment of Donald Trump and your evidence to drag this crap, idiot, stupid, moron, BS. Anybody with a brain in their head knows what you, the Democrats are doing. It's just dumb. Like, uh, you know, and like, I mean, I don't have a lot better things to say about the Republicans as of late either. The Republicans are so far away from principle at this point that they might as well be Democrats. I mean, there's more rhinos then there are actual conservative Republicans. I think the Libertarian Party should invade the Republican Party and take it over. And let's get back to basics. There's a lot of people I've been talking to that agree with me on that. You know, 
And the only reason why is because if, if the left is going to go so far left with progressivism and all this stuff, I mean, certain things I can, I can be cool with. Like, I think they just passed an equality law where uh, companies can't discriminate against hiring gays and lesbians. That's awesome. I get that. I mean, that should be, that's kind of already in place, I thought. I thought they couldn't discriminate on anybody based on race, color, creed, sexual orientation, etc. But now it's even more of a law. I don't know. I don't really know the specifics yet, but, um, you know, but anyway, in, in my buddy Sam's podcast, he's playing this video of this hearing about the impeachment of Donald Trump. And these Democrats are playing pretty much conspiracy videos. I mean, um, it, it is so effective people. It's so effective. It's like the people making these videos are showing them to each other and it's working on, on their crony buddies <laughs> uh, I mean I, I I feel like I'm living in bizarro world I feel like I am in a parallel a parallel universe I feel like the earth's axis like flipped the magnetic field shifted I don't know I don't know what happened people I don't know what's real or fake anymore like I thought I had a pretty good handle on reality up until this year I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Okay, so that's one thing that's been going on. I saw that in my buddy Sam's podcast, and that blew my mind. That propagandists are showing propaganda to each other as proof of an apparent phone call that Donald Trump had with Zelensky, which was the basis of two or three years of wasted time with the Russian collusion investigation. I mean, it is... People, it is bananas what is happening in this country and in this world right now. And another thing I'm starting to realize by watching the media and watching the mainstream media and watching the news, they're starting to use a phrase that I think is going to be very dangerous if people start getting this into their public consciousness. There's, there's There's a new term called Quote, Trump ideology, quote, quote, unquote, Trump ideology. And the media is trying to equate, quote, unquote, Trump ideology with conspiracy theorists. And it's all rooted in, uh, you know, if, if you guys know your history, my buddy Sam talks about it in his latest episode, episode 83. It's pretty much the Reichstag fire. The scapegoat event that happened in Nazi Germany, a similar event happened with the storming of the Capitol steps that, like I told you guys, was basically a made-for-TV movie. It's basically Wag the Dog at this point. There's There's two stories going on. There's the show, and then there's the reality. The show is every mainstream media, the Big Five narrative. That you're not allowed to question. Because if you question it, Big Tech will shut you down. Oh boy. That's another thing I want to talk about today. I came upon some information about the old Big Tech companies, Facebook, uh, Twitter, etc. And oof, I don't even know if I should talk about it. Because if I talk about it, the person that told me is going to be implicated. And if they hear me on this podcast tell you people what I learned today. He's not going to be very 
or she, he or she, is not going to be very happy with me. Um, let's just say I'm not going to be so much of a meme poster or a you know, verbal commentary commentator on the social medias anymore. And I have good reason to believe that it's a good idea that if I want to talk about this stuff, I got to do it right here with you. Here we are. Long form conversation, podcasting, the future of the resistance, of the underground. It's coming. Here's some more proof that it's coming. Did you see this crap? Stevie Wonder did a heart-wrenching, oh, tug on my heartstrings commercial calling for a, quote, truth commission. People, have we read 1984 yet? Truth commission, to me, immediately equals ministry of truth. My buddy Sam just talked about this in his podcast. Uh, the elitism, episode 83. I keep bringing it up because I want you guys to go listen to it. Because a lot of stuff I want to talk about right now was it is exploding in my brain because of how good my buddy Sam is at going over all the material, the, the media narratives, the stories about, I don't know how he processes his information that fast. He's got good software. He show, He's told me about the stuff he kind of has. Um, his setup is way more sophisticated than mine. Um, but I also don't think that it's just the software. I think it's he, his ability to go find the key sound bites and put it together and be able to, to tell the story to you people. And I highly, highly recommend you all go listen to episode 1 through 83 of According to Sam by my friend Sam Winchester that I met through my friend Scott in San Diego and kindred spirits, baby. Good people good people and I really I cannot talk and I cannot speak highly enough of his podcast so go listen to it according to Sam the number two according to Sam uh SoundCloud I'm pretty sure Spotify I think Apple I think he's pretty much all over the place too so um or find him on Facebook he's got a group on Facebook where he posts all of his stuff as well go listen to that podcast it's amazing and here's another thing that he talked about in that podcast. So, you know, I want to read this to you guys. The Ministry of Truth. I mean, a truth commission? Are you kidding me? People, it's literally like the government is reading 1984 and are deciding to, hey, let's just let's just run this playbook. <laughs> the Theory of Oligarchic Collectivism by Emmanuel Goldstein. If you guys haven't read 1984, go read it. <laughs> now is... As good a time as any, because everything that Orwell wrote about in that book is coming true right now, before our very eyes. In George Orwell's 1984, the Ministry of Truth was a department of the government responsible for propaganda, lies, and deception. It was involved with news media, entertainment, the fine arts, and educational books, its purpose was to rewrite history and change facts to fit the government doctrine. That is straight 
out of 1984. If you you people have not realized how much of a prophet George Orwell was, it, I mean, it's people, people. This, this is happening. This stuff, everything I've been telling you about, I'm telling you, this plan is getting pushed even further into fast forward. Here's another thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, oh yeah, I, I want. I, I was telling you guys about Trump ideology equals conspiracy theorists. That's watch. You guys go watch the news, and anytime you hear CNN, MSNBC, maybe even Fox, uh, you know. All of them. I don't really care if, you know, like I said, 90% of it's controlled by the same group of people. So who cares? It's the same goddamn story. Um, they're going to start equating the term. You just watch. You mark my word. Quote, unquote, Trump ideology. What's Trump ideology? Oh, it's the people that voted for Trump. 75 million plus people have the same ideology. Okay. So that, that term already falls apart right there. Because anyone that thinks that 75 million people feel exactly the same way is a stupid idiot, moron, buffoon, imbecile, numbskull. And if you start believing that crap, you're equally the same. But you just watch. Trump ideology is going to start equaling conspiracy theorists. When you hear the term Trump ideology in the news, the, the, the big club wants you to think conspiracy theorist. They do not want you learning, thinking, putting it all together, connecting the dots. They don't want it. They don't want it. And this part, this is the scariest thing that I have read about in the news as of late. People, Bill Gates is buying up all the farmland in this country. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the phrase Codex Alimentarius. But when I heard Bill Gates was buying up all the farms, my brain immediately went to one of the scariest UN, United Nations protocols that I have ever heard of. Codex Elementarius. They're going to get into the food, people. They're going to start genetically modifying everything that we eat. They want you to start eating meatless food. We're going to stick vaccines in your arm, Bill Gates says. We're going to vaccinate everybody. We can reduce the world population through vaccines. Have you seen that video yet? I'll probably play that for you guys here coming up pretty soon. But now he's buying up all the farms. So now he wants to start controlling what we eat. He's going to make meat that isn't meat. Under the guise of the new Green New Deal Probably something along the lines of environmentalism and uh, the meat industry is one of the biggest polluters on the planet, which makes sense and is actually true. I get that aspect of it. But like everything else, there's there's the story, there's the scapegoat, the, the thesis, and then the antithesis is whoever they put in place to be the direct opposition of that. And the outcome people, the outcome 
is not looking good. Codex Elementarius is this UN protocol that, you know, some people have some conspiratorial, uh, you know, explanations about what this really means. Um, but pretty much what it means is they're going to get into the food and they're going to start taking nutrients out of food. And they're going to start genetically modifying and creating synthetic things that are not natural and may or may not be healthy for human beings to eat. And, you know, they're going to be doing this stuff under the guise of environmentalism. They're going to destroy parts of natural human life. Like, you know, certain, you know, eating food, that's a pretty important aspect of human life, right? I think Nietzsche once said that the only thing, the only cure for something unnatural is a return to nature. And, you know, Nietzsche's a whole nother story. Uh, you know, it, it, the only reason why I, it, I actually am using that phrase completely out of context, uh, just because, you know, when I think about this stuff, I feel like the more synthetic and the more unnatural the things are that we put in our body on a regular basis, it can only end badly, you know, but then I think about, well, if the medical industry and technology is advancing to the point where they can keep us together, you know, to keep us alive rather and together, I guess for, you know, people are living past 100 years old these days. I mean, that speaks directly to the advances of medicine. So, you know, I'm so torn on this issue, but it's also kind of cryptic and scary to start hearing. You know, this big club is going to buy everything, people. It reminds me of the Thomas Jefferson quote, like, if we ever let the, you know, the whatever big bankers control the currency, the you know, we're going to wake up, wake up homeless on the continent or fathers conquered. Like these people are taking over people. If you don't see it yet, I do not know what you are paying attention to in this world. You're completely plugged in, in the matrix. Your face is in a screen 24 hours a day. You might as well be in a test tube in like one of those weird things, butt naked with the thing stuck into your stomach while you're sitting in this little pod full of this weird gelatinous material in a field of human beings batteries for the machines you might as well be that at this point people and when elon musk breaks his neural link out or whatever the hell that thing is oh my gosh you know it, it, it's like science fiction is becoming science fact ray kurtzweil the singularity is near all, all of it all that stuff all of it uh you know michio kaku or if you know, kaku if you know guys don't know who that guy is Genius, I think he wrote a book called uh, Physics for American Presidents or something like that. I forget. But there are a lot of people that are pro prophesizing the future tech AI, you know, era. And I don't, I don't, people, I don't know if I'm ready for it. <laughs> you know, you kids, you young people, you might be like, oh yeah, bring it on. And you know, maybe that's the future and I just need to jump on board, get on that train. But this stuff is starting to, I mean... Everything that has ever scared me about anything that remotely sounding conspiratorial that I've ever read about or learned about in my life is starting to happen. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know, man. Crazy. And the last thing I want to talk to you guys about uh, today, uh, well, not, I mean, there's going to be more podcasts to come. Don't worry. But this is just my intro. I'm finishing my intro. Uh, 
talking about my buddy Sam's podcast, and a lot of the stuff I'm bringing up right now is is directly out of themes that he just finished talking about uh, in his podcast, uh, Elitism, episode 83, according to Sam. Go check it out. Um, maybe this part wasn't in there. I forget, but Andrew, Andrew Cuomo, people. You know, mayor of New York? Or is he governor? I don't know. I, I, I get these idiot knuckleheads mixed up quite a bit. Andrew Cuomo, you know, you see, you, I saw that guy's face on uh, <laughs> CBS, whatever, you know, the new the news show that just plays repeatedly the same story over and over and over again, just drilling it in your head, just drilling it in your head. If you didn't see it at 9 a.m., don't worry, it's still playing at 9 p.m., just drilling it in there. Repetition. Uh, you know... This guy put a bunch of people in nursing homes. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Like right after the, someone he must have pissed someone off in the big club. Here's what I think happened. This is just this is just a this is a conspiracy theory. I'm about to tell you the first conspiracy theory I have ever run by you people on my podcast. Here it is. I think or I I theorize that Andrew Cuomo at one point was on board. He was on board with the big club. He was like, all right, we're going to roll out this COVID protocol. We're going to do this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And then I think maybe this guy's head exploded and he became like megalomaniac. You know, I'm, I am a god. I am a megalomaniac demagogue. I will rule this, blah, 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 whatever, you know. And then he goes, oh, uh, we're just going to put all these old people in. Nursing homes, where this stuff is spreading the most. But meanwhile, I'm going to, you know, crack down and lock down. And, you know, I get it. There's a lot of people stacked on top of each other in New York City. But this guy just took it to, I mean, God level of, you know, Satan. I mean, like this guy's like one of the most evil people I think I've ever heard. And now, like right after they start coming after him for what he did, putting all these people in nursing homes, it's almost like it was by design. Like, hmm, maybe I'm trying to get rid of all these people. You know, I don't know. It just makes you think. That dude makes you think, man. You know, and it doesn't help that his brother is one of the most evil human beings that ever walked. Fredo, Chris Cuomo, anchor on CNN, state news. Those two... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there. There's a good chance, in my humble opinion, that those two are some conspiratorial colluding piece of shit human beings. <laughs> and then right after all, you know, these thoughts I have on the Cuomo boys, you know, have over time I've kind of accumulated this knowledge about the two of them, and now I'm kind of like, hmm, all right, you're you're on my pieces of shit list. Now this asshole comes. Uh, this girl comes out and says he forced a kiss on her lips. Now he's being accused of sexual misconduct. So here's my conspiracy theory. Andrew Cuomo was on board with the big club for a while. And then I don't know what he did to piss him off. But they're about to hang this guy. They're about to hang him out to dry. And I can't wait to hear the coverage from Chris Cuomo on CNN. I cannot wait to hear what he says about his brother going down in flames. It's poetic justice. Poetic justice. Um, so, anyway. <laughs> this Codex Elementarius stuff, you guys, is just... It's 
it's crazy. I I just brought up the Wikipedia page. Uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about this thing, but I'm going to let you guys be the judge. Let me just read through some of this real quick. Bill Gates buying up all the farms. I mean, I don't know, man. Makes you think. Uh, Codex Elementarius. Um, it is a... Here, let's just... Here, let's go through the history. Its texts are developed and maintained by the Codex Elementarius Commission, a body that was established in early November of 1961 by the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, the FAO. Uh, was joined by the World Health Organization in June of 1962 and held its first session in Rome <clears throat> in October 1963. I'm not even going to go down that route, but the name is Codex Elementarius. And, you know, the first session was held in Rome in October of 1963. What's in Rome? The Vatican. What kind of things are involved with the Catholic Church and the Vatican? Codexes. Just saying. Uh, the commission's main goals are to protect the health of consumers and ensure fair practices in the international food trade. The Codex Elementarius is recognized by the World Trade Organization as an international reference point for the resolution of disputes concerning food safety and consumer protections. The Codex Elementarius covers all foods, whether processed, semi-processed, or raw. In addition to standards for specific foods, the Codex Elementarius contains general standards covering matters such as food labeling, food hygiene, food additives and pesticides, residues, and procedures for assessing the safety of foods derived from modern bio technology. It also contains guidelines for the management of official governmental import and export inspection and certification systems for food. Uh, the Codex Elementarius is published in six official languages of the United Nations, Arabic, Chinese, English, French, Spanish, and Russian. Okay, so that's the cover story, right? And then here's the scary part. The Codex Alimentarius has been the subject of various unfounded conspiracy theories, so says Wikipedia. These theorize that it is an agenda for population control. An anti-supplement Big Brother initiative actually establishes eugenics or a process for world government and the establishment of world government. Okay? So, I am not saying, I am not saying that that is what is happening. It's a little far-fetched for even me. This one is a little bit out there for me. Um, you know, the... <laughs> 
But some of this stuff, people, makes you think. Uh, here, I'm just going to kind of go through. The controversy over the Codex Elementarius relates to a, a perception that is it is a mandatory standard for the safety of food, including vitamin and mineral supplements. Supporters of the Codex Elementarius say that it is a voluntary reference standard for food and that there is no obligation on countries to adopt Codex standards as a member of either Codex or any other international trade organization. From the point of view of its opponents, however, one of the main causes of concern is that the Codex Elementarius is recognized by the World Trade Organization as an international reference standard for the resolution of disputes concerning food safety. Proponents argue that the use of Codex Elementarius during international disputes does not exclude the use of other references or scientific studies as evidence of food safety and consumer protection. Um, so, you know, this stuff, you know, when you read through this, it's like, yeah, blah, you know, it's, 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 it feels base level and it feels like it's nothing to worry about. Right. Um, and I, I don't know if I want to get into it, but there are a few videos, um, out there by, you know, some people or actually, you know what, there's one woman specifically that. You know, she has made some of the scariest videos I think I've ever seen. I mean, th the propaganda that she is peddling is so good. And this is actually old. I think this woman, uh, let me go figure out what her name is. Let me go figure out what her name is. But she has a video that I kind of want to play for you guys that, I mean, the first time I saw it, it scared the crap out of me. But... You know, it might be a little far-fetched. I'll let you be the judge when I get back. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, okay, so we, I found this video. I don't really know if I want to play it though, because this, you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm on the fence about this one. Let me, I'll give you the intro about what this, uh, excuse me, about what this woman says. Her name is Dr. Rima Leibau. R-I-M-A, Rima L-A-I-B-O-W, Labow, I believe, is how you pronounce it. But here, I'm just going to play this a little bit for you, uh, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see. You guys can be the judge, man. I don't know. define it for you let me tell you let me help you understand the enemy and let me assure you that absolutely nothing that I'm going to tell you 
is exaggerated, is interpolated, or is imagined. Everything I'm going to tell you is documented. And it's a great deal of it is documented on my website, which is www.healthfreedomusa, one word, healthfreedomusa.org. Let me back up and tell you that I've been watching Codex come toward us for about the last decade. And I've been watching the votes in Congress, which God help us is our bastion of support and protection against Codex, and I'll explain why that is. I've been watching the votes to protect our health freedom dwindle until finally in the 109th Congress, without a good deal of activity, we didn't have the votes to protect us. I've been watching Codex accelerate, and I've been watching it expand, and I've been getting more and more troubled. Let me give you a brief rundown of Codex then. After the Second World War, the Nuremberg Tribunals were held in which people who had committed crimes against humanity were judged by the world community in a court run by the United States and Britain, and they were sentenced to terms in prison if they were found guilty of crimes against humanity. One of the people found guilty of crimes against humanity was the president of a, a huge industrial megalith called IG Farben. IG Farben produced the gas used in the gas chambers, Cyclone B. They produced the steel for the death camps and the railroad lines. They produced the munitions. They produced chemicals. They produced all kinds of stuff. They produced pharmaceuticals. Big, 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 big pharmaceutical company. Mm. So the president of IG Farben was convicted of crimes against humanity. Now, he's a sort of artistic fellow and creative. He was the one who was responsible for the slogan that people saw as they entered Auschwitz, usually for the last time. Arbeit macht frei. Work brings freedom. Creative sort of fellow. So he was sitting in jail and he said, well, that didn't work. <laughs> what else can we do? I've got it. Food. He who controls food controls the world. So when he got out of jail, he went to his UN buddies and he said, have I got an idea for you? If we take over food worldwide, we have power worldwide. And his UN buddies said, cool idea. And so they created a trade commission. That's a very important pair of words, a trade commission called the Codex Alimentarius Commission. It is not a public health commission. It is not a consumer protection commission. It is a trade commission. Trade is about what? Money. Money. Business. Trade is about profit. Well, they said in 1962, we're going to work toward total global implementation of Codex Alimentarius on December 31st, 2009. Long term. And they set up a bunch of committees, committees on fish and fishery, fats and oil, fruits and vegetables, ground nuts, 
nutrition and foods for special dietary uses and so on. There are currently about 27 codex committee. There are regional organizations. There are task forces and so on. So it's a huge bureaucratic monstrosity. It's immense. Codex has promulgated well over 4,000 guidelines, standards, and regulations on everything, everything which can legally be put into your mouth with the exception of pharmaceuticals. Hmm. They are not part of Codex. Hmm. Important. Now, Codex standards have no legal weight whatsoever. Zero. So who cares about them? They're just standards. So we're talking about an industry-dominated regulation-setting organization. But if it has no legal standing, who cares, right? Kind of like the Fed. Here's the history of Codex Alimentarius before 1962. The Austro-Hungarian Empire said, we need rules by which the courts can rule on cases involving food. So we'll have regulations and rules that the courts will enforce. That's how they get their weight. That was called the Codex Alimentarius, and it was put into place around 1893 and lasted until the end of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, the First World War. So the idea was there in the Germanic tradition. We need rules, lots of rules, lots and lots of rules. We need a lot of rules. Let's have rules for everything to do with food. So it was sort of a natural extension she for starts to get the crazy. German industrialists to say, we'll go back to the good old days of Codex Alimentarius, back when we had them in the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Cool. Which makes, makes so me question So they started promulgating their rules and regulations, and they were voluntary. They were sort of guidelines. Except now, for this. Now, Codex Alimentarius Commission is administered by the World Health Organization, WHO, and the FAO, the Food and Agriculture Organization. They fund Codex, and they run it at the request of the UN. So they're mommy and daddy to Codex Alimentarius. And that's very interesting because they're supposed to be about health and food worldwide. Some conflicts of interest that we'll talk about. So Codex started promulgating regulations and rules. And the way that's done is that the committees work up a rule, a standard, a guideline, a regulation, and then they get it to what's called step eight, which is the final step in their administrative process, and then it's presented to the Codex Alimentarius Commission for ratification, like the vitamin and mineral guideline was presented to the Codex Alimentarius Commission on July 4th this past summer. It was ratified, it was approved by consensus, and it is now, despite the propaganda that you're going to hear, if you ever hear about it in the media, it is now <laughs> mandatory mm. upon any member country of the WTO, the World Trade Organization. Well, what in the world do they have to do with it? And the answer is everything. Hmm. The World Trade Organization, you see, accepted Codex when, it was, when the World Trade Organization was formed in 1994. Okay? They said well, how are we going to dis decide trade disputes around food if we don't have a set of rules? I know we'll accept the Codex Alimentarius rules, and all the members of the WTO worldwide will, get ready for an Orwellian term, harmonize with our standards, with the Codex standards. Harmonize. I see. Okay, so 
that's the part where she starts to lose me <clears throat> because she starts getting very even more emotional and she seems a little crazy, a little tinfoil hat wearing. Uh, but the sad part about that is that she sounds very educated on the topic and she knows her history about it. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know about this, uh, but it is very, <clears throat> excuse me, it is very fascinating when, you know, the professed protocol says that you don't have to participate, but with the World Trade Organization involved, if you don't participate, she goes on to say later on in this video that the 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 country that is favored is the one that follows the Codex Elementarius rules. So eventually, every member country is going to have to get on board with these rules. And I don't know. I don't know, people. It, you know. So go check out her videos if you want to dive down this rabbit hole. Dr. Rima Labau. Um, <clears throat> I don't really want to keep talking about this one because I feel like conspiracy theories are stupid, but you just never know. You never know. And I want, again, the whole point of this podcast, people, is I want you to have the ammunition. I'm not trying to take a side. I'm not trying to tell you what to think. I'm just a free, sovereign individual trying to spread some knowledge and some information to other free, sovereign individuals so that you can make the best decisions for yourself. Um, I don't know what to think about this. I don't even know if I'm for or against it. I don't know if it makes sense to me completely or not. I feel like I need to dive deeper. But uh, I don't know if I really want to right now. I just want you guys to know that Codex Elementarius is a thing, a UN directive that member countries are going to have to participate in. It is another system of control. And, you know, the big club's going to control the food. They're going to control the pharmaceuticals. I don't know. They're trying to say that it's not about population control, but, you know, I don't know. I'm going to tell you what uh, Bill Gates said about population control in just a second. Give me just one sec and... Okay, so here we go. I'm about to play for you guys a short little bit by Bill Gates when he was talking about his TED on one of these TED Talks about CO2 and overpopulation, theoretically, I guess. And how he's primarily been concerned with vaccines and seeds. And now he recently started buying up a bunch of farms. This man has a plan, people, and it is not sounding good. You be the judge. Listen to Bill Gates. Here we are. Energy and climate. And that might seem a bit surprising because my full-time work at the foundation, I'm going to talk today about energy and climate. And that might seem a bit surprising because my full-time work at the foundation is mostly about vaccines and seeds. We need to meet a new constraint. And that constraint has to do with CO2. CO2 
is warming the planet. And the equation on CO2 is actually a, a very straightforward one. If you sum up the CO2 that gets emitted, that leads to a temperature increase. So you've got a thing on the left, CO2, that you want to get to zero. And that's going to be based on the number of people, the services, the energy on average for each service, and the CO2 being put out uh, per unit of energy. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Uh, first, we've got population. Uh, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. Uh, what? If we do a really good job on vaccines, health services, reproductive health services. Yeah, if we do a really good job on vaccines, health services, and reproductive, I think he said reproductive health services too, but we can get that down to 10 or 15%. Now you can read into that however you want, but if you don't think that that is fodder for a conspiracy theory, I mean, I don't know what is. He said one of those numbers to fight CO2 has to get down to zero, and the first thing he talked about was population. So, I don't know. I mean, you be the judge, people. Bill Gates is buying up a bunch of farmland. He's on a TED Talk talking about populations and getting a population down to 10 to 15% using the method of vaccines... Healthcare, reproductive health services. When I think reproductive health services, I think Planned Parenthood. And I told you guys in a previous podcast about researching eugenics and Planned Parenthood, euthanasia, etc. That I was talking about previously. If you've been paying attention and following along, you're up, you're you're up to speed. You know where I'm at. You know where I'm going. This stuff is stuff you need to be paying attention to. Stuff you're not going to see on the news, people. I'm just trying to give you the ammunition you need. I'm not trying to be for or against. I'm not saying that any of this stuff is definitely, absolutely happening in this frame of reference. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that this stuff is out there. And no one's going to be talking about it on your TV screen. So, you know, if you want to go down a rabbit hole of research and figure it out for yourself, awesome. That's what you should do. But I'm not here to take a side. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm just relaying information. Don't shoot the messenger, please. This has been... The Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Uh, well, I don't even know what episode this is. Is this 14? Am I on 14?
Wow, man. I think I might be on 14. All right. This was episode 14 of the Politics and Punk Rock podcast. I am Andrew for America. As always, get at me if if you got some uh, some ideas about my show, you got some things to say, I'm getting something wrong, please shoot me an email at andrewforamerica1984 at gmail.com. Private group on Facebook. Uh, I don't know how much more time I'm going to be giving to that group, though, people. Uh, if, I don't know. We'll see. But for now... Andrew for America Comedy and Commentary, private group on Facebook. Uh, send a request. Uh, I don't know how much longer that group's going to be there, but, um, you know, come chat. Chat us up if you want. Andrew for America on Instagram. Andrew for America on Twitter. Um, and... Please visit the website where I post all the lyrics of all the punk rock songs I've been playing on my podcast, as well as some other fun little blurby, uh, sarcastic, funny, stupid, dorky, idiotic things that I like to put on the blog section, as well as the lyrics of these punk rock songs that I have been playing. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. If you like the podcast, please spread the word. Share the podcast. Tell your friends. Uh, I'm definitely looking for more listenership. Um, And like I said, I'm looking for some feedback too. So hit me up. Let me know. Uh, Episode 15 coming soon. Um, Start watching that news, people. Start trying to, you know, Find the story that they're not telling you. Find the story that they're not being completely upfront about. Why are they so focused on this aspect or this aspect? Whatever it is, I don't care. It's, you know, it behooves you <laughs> to start paying attention to this stuff. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you soon.